I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words podcast. I'm joined as ever by my co-host, Jason Daniels. Hello. Uh, good evening, Tom. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And Bradley Todd is with us as well. Bradley, hello. Good evening, Tom. You're right, mate. Yeah, all good, all good. I'm going to have to rely on you to um, a little bit to rely, uh, to recap yesterday's golf. I didn't see mm-hmm. any of it um, as I was uh, celebrating the 29th year of birth. So, um, yes, I wasn't, wasn't watching golf. Um, by all accounts, it looks like I missed a decent final round at Bay Hill, at least. Um, but Jason, any thoughts on on either two of the events yesterday? Oh, Bay was brilliant. I mean, and then and then the reactions after for the players is, is hmm. incredible. I mean, I, I mean, you know, we'll talk about Gary Woodland soon, I hope. Um, but yeah, obviously he at the front, absolutely unbelievable eagle um, on the final par five, and then. Okay, I mean he missed clubbed. Everybody, even the commentators were saying that, that you know he'd have to hit this well um, on the par three seventeen, and uh, yeah, he just didn't accelerate through the ball in the in the bunker and blah blah blah. He played absolutely brilliant. I mm. thought, but I mean, I actually tweeted that I wanted to take forty five to one for him this week, halfway through Saturday, um, <laughs> and I'm very very happy as he sixty. Um, but anyway, we, we go on to that in a minute. And, and basically, he gnaws that up. And then at the end, he said, you know, basically, get me out of here, is what mm-hmm. he said, which I found incredible. I mean, that must be a reaction to, to one hole. Um, Scotty Scheffler was, uh, you know, it's uh, I was going on about Scotty Scheffler <laughs> two years ago and um, at far bigger prices, and he's now done it. He's now caught up. And he was excellent. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, his par saver, whatever it was, 14, 15, whatever it was, was was incredible. He was solid all the way, um, and that's what won it. Really, he was he was just incredibly solid. Um, but there we are. You know, the reaction at the end of the players is is unbelievable. You know, I understand what McElroy's saying that the position a week before the players, you know, is wrong. But so what if I, if if the hole is a par three, but the actual par is four? So what? Would, mm. would, would, so, would he have said that so if he won? Who gives a monkey? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, you don't have to fire at pins. It's about, it's about being clever, isn't it? It's I about think it's saying... he's just never had much success himself. No, like, he's, you know, he's never won an event under uh, ten under, as far as I know. And it's just, it just doesn't. I don't think he can really. He just, just can't get it done on them kind of tests, and it, it just it, winds him up a bit. It was funny that after Thursday's round, Adam Scott's going, "Oh, Rory, you're the greatest man." <laughs> and then and then Roy's going, yeah, you are too, mate. And they're all going, yeah, great shots, great shots. You know, and Roy's going, best two shots I've ever hit, blah, 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 blah. Three days later, I hate this place, blow it up. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, 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 uh, I get it. I understand what, what they're saying. Um, but so what? I mean, Bryson won it last year. I know he's a freak, but Bryson won it last year and he got third in the players. Um, Hat- when Hatton won in horrendous conditions. Um, okay, the players obviously got abandoned, but, um, he was he was tied third at the Heritage, um, so I mean you know which links into here anyway. Um, you know, shut up, man. You know, don't play it then. It's fine. It's not a problem. Somebody else. I think, I think the thing is is like it always like if he'd have won, he's not going to say look, I had a great week. I played really well, but I don't think this is a good put on the schedule. Schedule or. 
this this got ridiculous yeah. this week and I feel sorry for the field. He he would have just been happy. So mm. just shut up. Like you lost. Like he was he yeah, was, it was unnecessary awful. comments really, wasn't it? Yeah, he was I know and like Jason said, there, there was there was substance to it. It's not like anything he was saying was particularly wrong. But just the tone of it, it or it's, it's, I only read it. I only read the this transcript. But to me it just struck me as like you know, you shot a 65 on Thursday, you thought everything was looking good for yourself, and then all of a sudden you didn't make a birdie for like 23 holes or whatever, and you're sulking. Like, he's not used to making, you know, he's not, he's not used to finding that tough. And like Bradley said, it's not it's not really like the sort of event for him. He doesn't he doesn't like it when he gets that tough. He, he's a target golfer. Um, yeah, whatever. It, it You know, mm. it is what it is. I, I've warmed to Roy McIlroy an awful lot over the last year or so. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's been brilliant. But he does still just... He just seems to whine a little bit and, and, and that, he, he talks himself out of these events because he, I mean, he was he was there for most of it. The only thing I'd say is that he was asked the question. He didn't volunteer yeah, he yeah. the opinion. Yeah. yeah, But equally, it's like... Yeah, he did... I think we might be making more of it, but it's just when you put that in context with... Scott saying what he said, which is Scott said he hated the place. But th- like I said, three days later, they they didn't care. As yeah. soon as the wind started blowing, obviously Till Hatton came through going, ooh, let me through, mate, yeah. Um, <laughs> which is brilliant. It's, he's just awesome. I mean, you, you've read that they're, they're miking up everybody, I think, aren't they, on the on the, um, oh, on yes. the group for this week. <laughs> so Tyrrell Hatton's, you know, you just... He is fantastic to watch in these conditions. Um, I, I love it. I love it when he plays stuff like that. And like I said, Scott, you know, I suspect it's the same in it. You know, Scheffler came out. If it had, got, if it had dropped three in the final two holes, he'd have gone, oh, bleh. I'll just, you know, shut up. That's it. Yeah. Sheffield was just so calm, wasn't he? I, I really was just so impressed by him. Like, even when he was shanking it out of the rough a bit and like, hacking it out of there and then just getting it on the green and holding parts yeah. like it was thoroughly deserved he was just just hung in there and i think that was what it was just even tyrrell hatton when he was at four under i thought do you know what he has a chance he's in the clubhouse at four under there was a time where i was just like he could get himself into a playoff it was us open it was it was, it it was. Type of, you know and, and scotty chef was actually quite interesting for that unbelievable yeah, yeah. I, 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 is that the he was nine back at Phoenix, I think, going into the weekend, and, and eight back going into this weekend. I know different circumstances. He, he sort of vaulted himself into the, the, the top of the border at Phoenix, whereas this time it, it came back to him a bit. But um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a lot of mental strength there for for mm. someone that's still, you know, still plying their trade a bit. So yep, Hills apparently are still forty to one for the U.S. Open, um, which is next door to Will's Alatoris. Um, so I don't care what a fan you are of Will Zalatoris, he's not the same price as Scotty Scheffler. Mm-hmm. Anyway, no. anyway, anyway. So, um, any, anything on the Kenya Open review before we dive into this week's uh, madness? Ashram Wu was just seriously good, like mm. just on approach. And when he missed the green, he got up and down. It was just there was one bunker shot which was just phenomenal. Um, and yeah, yeah, I was just very impressed by him. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed it. It was not another good watch, to be honest. It's played tough enough, and you sort of had to be straight off the tee. 
and you couldn't miss it. You couldn't you couldn't miss the fairways or else you, uh, or the greens or else there was trouble. So yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Um, I, thought, I thought it was like some eye catching stuff. You said about Ashton Wu there, and he's been a player that you know just pops up and gets these wins, doesn't he? You know, uh, not out of nowhere, but generally you know it's hard to tell what week he's going to do it. Um, Aaron Cockerell, he's he's played well in the sort of mm. Africa area again, which is interesting to see. And Hurley Long again. Uh, vaulted himself up into contention. Didn't I'm pretty sure he had a couple of bad holes, but um, you know, I, th- I, th- I thought there was a couple. Of, at one point, I was sort of cursing myself because I'd, I'd sort of mentioned Shabanka Sharma and the fact that he yeah. was he was playing well and had a bad Saturday. And there was a couple of players like that. I can't remember the other ones now. That I think Paratore got off to a nice start, and I sort of felt the same about him as well. But um, and mm. Brad obviously Kawamura started really nicely. And yes, him weekend. and Horsey. Oh, Horsey yeah. actually ended up coming good for me but um yeah Kawamura I was very disappointed after his start but yeah you sort of felt like you could profile this event a bit I, I targeted like the straight hitters and um yeah Asha, Ashan Wu doesn't like it's always after the event but he, he does make quite a lot of sense he does but yeah Let, let's go into the my golf life open then which I've got to be honest I haven't pieced an awful lot together and, and I can't make an awful lot of sense of it I, I'm going to just get a lot out there to be honest no I'm going to get I'm going to get that straight out there I sort of said the same on, on the, the mayor showed over sky that I don't want to sit here and come across as if I you, you know sometimes you feel like you've, you've got to justify the fact you've got a golf podcast and, and you know everything about every golf course you ever go to and I just don't. I don't know enough about this Pekinwood place. It's designed by Jack Nicholas. From from what I've read, it's it's wide fairways. Um, there's strategically placed bunkers, is how it's put on the website. Um, bit of water, I think. There, I think the the club itself was modelled on PJ West, um, mountainous around there. Should be uh, a bomber's paradise, just from the limited amount of data that we have got. Um, there was a amateur event here back in 2018, the South African Stroke Play Championship. Um, inside the top five there was Wilco Nineaber and James Dupree, who are two of the, the longest hitters. Um, you know, another one of the top ten was Frederick Lacroix as well. So, um, some interesting names there to think about as you go along. But um, Jason, I don't know if there was anything you wanted to add on, on the golf course. Is it not Lacroix? Because Pro- you, said that, you said that a couple of weeks ago to Sky, and it really, really got on my nerves. So, anyway. <laughs> is, is, it, is it La Croix? Because it's, be. it's got an it R in it. La Croix? I don't know. My be. French is awful. We'll wait until Julian, we actually... Julian will know. He can tell us. Yeah, that's right. When he, when right. he wins, uh, we can find out, can't we? Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, like, like you say, we looked into what you know, what we can look in. It's, it's large fairways. It's flat. There is a little bit of water. Um, it looked a bit linksy to me in, in the fact that it's um, very flat, very open, that type of thing. I, I again, it was difficult. You went on the amateur thing. If you go back 400 years before you were born, Tom, right? <laughs> Actually, it's not that far. Not that far before. Justin Waters, I believe, was the first men's club champion, right? Now, whether this is any relevance whatsoever, I don't know. Um, but if you do think it's linksy or will have some sort of linksy connection, then obviously he's got um, uh, plenty of form in Portugal, which always links in the Qatar and links and stuff. Uh, Joe Berg, uh, Schwani, Dizata, that type of thing. So, so the, the better South African tournaments. Um, and there are a few players that have very, very similar form lines. So I went that way, but like you say, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be having 
you know, 10 points each way. Just put it like that. No, no, I, I found it very, very tough to uh, to profile. Brad, was there anything else you wanted to add to that before we get into uh, the names? Just the it's Darren Fitchart's home course. Um, yep. And it's the rough, just having a look at uh, photos and stuff. It, it just doesn't look very heavy, you know. So, yeah, just a couple of things to add to what you've already said. Lovely. Well, let's look. So, Dean Burmester, again, uh, it's always Dean Burmester at the top of this, and it's always John Rahman at the top of the other one. But Burmester is 16 to 1, but Wiesberg is 20, Jordan Smith and Adrian Aus and Thomas Dietrich are all 28 to 1. Um, and then you've got a trio of Oliver Becker, Justin Harding, and Pablo Laraf about 33s, or a quad of Adrian Moronk, if you want to chuck him in there as well. Um, none of those took my fancy, Jason, but was anyone at the top of the betting that you liked? Uh, no. That was very quick. Um, I just couldn't get there. I think it's just so volatile. When I don't know an awful lot about the golf course, I'm just going to go a bit further down. I don't want a strong take on a on a strong fancy. I just want to you know give myself a chance and and take some long shots. So, um, Brad, I think you and I are aligned. And just to just to preface this before we go any further, actually, Brad, is that obviously you've started your your Patreon now, um, which means that on the podcast you won't be doing the same. Uh, amount of picks is what you would normally do week to week you're, you're just going to give us the highlight of your sort of three favorite ones and, uh, and yes. give a bit of explanations to them yeah that's right Tom yeah yep excellent so the, the first one that we want to talk about was JC Ritchie um from my point of view Brad it's kind of like you know two wins in in four starts at the challenge um, you know sunshine tour level mm. um tee to green and approach he's been top four in each of his last two events um it's eight wins uh, at the challenge or sunshine tour level since 2017 i just i know there's some slightly better players in there this week and mm-hmm. it, it does it does change the landscape a little bit but to me at 40 to 1 and, and plus whatever he was i think that's a, a decent price from jc ritchie yeah 100 percent. like it's just been on fire um as you said like two wins uh, top five finish in his last four starts and he's just the type of character that is so comfortable competing in his own country uh, he has struggled to make an impact elsewhere um, outside of South Africa, but you know, as soon as there's an event, uh, he's, I think he's, I think he's won a couple co-sanctioned Challenge Tour. Like, he's never yeah. won a co-sanctioned uh, with the DP World Tour, and it's a massive opportunity, you know. And he would most definitely uh, get his card um, if he was to win this week. So um, I, I just feel like he is coming into this in great form, and even I, I do worry maybe. Is he sort of fatigued a lot? I mean, he's he's constantly up the top of the lead. But I don't know. Yeah, that's a slight slight concern because he's constantly playing top top tier golf. Um, even last week, you know, where did he finish? I can't even. Uh, where Fourteenth last week. Or yeah, like yeah, still a respectable finish, and I think he finished quite strong as well. So, yeah, he's just playing really solid, and I think he'll enjoy this like test, you know, with some with the DP World Tour players um a step up as such and it's a good opportunity for him and um another thing i added i don't know if it's that great or it's a bit speculative but he he represents the elves club uh copper leaf which is quite local to Pekinwood yep. golf club about um 47 minutes away so i mean you can speculate that he's played this course a few times in the past possibly uh, which might be an advantage but uh, who knows i but he's a big hitter 30th driving distance, 304 yard average. So he's got enough. Um, I, I I like him. I really do. Yeah, I think, I think you have for me. I have to have him this week. Yeah, I mean, look, the the you referenced there. He's he's won 
was it five events that have been co-sanctioned between the Sunshine and Challenge Tours, but none co-sanctioned with DP World Tour. The closest he actually come, ironically, was in 2018 at the SA Open, uh, where Chris Posey and Brandon Gross dueled it out, and he shot a pair of 65s over the weekend. So, um, you know, did did some really good stuff there. And But other than that, he's, he's not had too many opportunities to play co-sanctioned mm. events. Like he, he was 40th in the Open Championship. I remember watching him a, a little bit. Not, not because I wanted to watch JC Ritchie, but I can't remember who he was playing with, but... I was obviously watching them, but I was surprised of how good he looked off the tee. And then I remembered that I'm just a mere mortal and these professional golfers look impressive no matter who it is. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I just think, I just thought he was a name that stuck out to me at the top. And, you know, mm. I've been, I've been trying to get on him at decent prices uh, recently. And, and this was the first opportunity to do that. So that was for me. Um, Jason, my next couple of picks are at, at sort of 60 to one level. Is there uh, any more you want to talk about? Well, there is there is a couple actually that I've just, I had on the shortlist, and the more I look at them, I think in the, I mean the first is George Katsia. Oh, I know um, Brad Brad, uh, you know. Yeah, got a bit of interest in him. Yeah. Um, I mean the, the thing with Katsia is when he's downgraded, um, and it's not necessarily a downgrade. He tends to do extremely well. Um, it, the problem is catching him, because sometimes he can just look totally disinterested in what he's doing. Um, but latent talent. You know, he. Let's not forget that he was up there with Brown and Grace and people like that, who we thought were going to be right up there. So he'll probably be disappointed that he's not in the upper echelons of the players or, or yeah. something like that. To be honest with you, um, now whether that means that he's accepted where he is and looking at his card, it's very possible that he's accepted he isn't actually going to be that level anymore. Every time he gets downgraded, and every time he plays at home, he, he tends to perform. I know he hasn't done it necessarily recently, but if we do look at and I have no idea if the Justin Waters thing makes any sense, right? But there's no <laughs> point in everybody thinking the same, yeah? Um, um, he's won at Portugal, which I think will be okay here. He's tied second at Qatar, which makes sense because of Portugal. He's won at Joburg. Um, Waters has got second and third. He's won Schwani twice. Uh, uh, Waters has got tied fourth there. Um, and he looked to be back to form at Raz last time. No idea what he's done since then. Probably nothing except sit at home and drink and eat. Um <laughs> <laughs> but Tita Green, he's, he's played well the last twice. I don't, I don't know. He's been 12th here once back in, you know, 1463 <laughs> in the Escom Power Cup, whatever that means. Um, absolutely got no yeah, idea I saw that. what really that is. <laughs> but I, I, I think that, you know, should he take a bit of inspiration from, from coming back home, and if he's right, then it's potential that 40 to 1. He can live with the Burmeisters of the world at his best. Um, so he had a, he had a you know, bit of a thing. And the other one I thought was uh, uh, Matthew Pavon, if we're talking about less than 60. Yeah. Um, Pavon, Pavon's obviously a maiden at the moment, 50 to 1, but so is Arnaus, he's half the price. So is Moronk, he's half the price. Uh, really good six last week. Uh, he's got the second at Portugal, uh, where he played fantastic golf. Just lost the lead a bit and then came back again at the end. He's got the 12th at the Dunhill Links, which I think may be significant. Um, and that was, again, a purely a price thing. He's doubled the price of other maidens that and no more talented than him, I don't think. So they were they were literally half a pence each way uh, bets, to be honest with you there. Yeah, I, was, I sort of mentioned on the, the, the Mayor Media show that Pavon was interesting because last week he was kind of like 28 or 33 to 1, I think he was. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, that felt like it had shortened up a lot because we were trying to bet him sort of earlier on in the year and, and he, I think he'd pull out a couple of times or whatever. But, you know, it's... 
It's a bigger price, isn't it? I, I think yeah. it's purely because of the the South Africa. It's the fact it's in South Africa, sure. and uh, all the South African players have been bumped up, you know, yeah. uh, in the betting. I thought he drifted to a, a quite a tempting price myself. Actually, he, he did, yeah. And, and I think I think that that is actually when I initially when you guys you know we have a group chat and you guys were talking about this morning. I was I was all over the place this morning. I wasn't really ready to talk about golf and. Um, <laughs> Like I just thought, oh, there's gonna be there's gonna be no interest, there's gonna be no odds that I'm gonna like. And all of a sudden, I opened up kind of like odds checker this morning. I was like, there's there's there at sixty to one. Um, you know, Armitage was a decent price. I think he was forty to one earlier on. Uh, Scott Jameson, who was on last week, he was sixty six to one. I thought, like, there's actually there must be some value to be had in this. Mm. Um, didn't go with any of those guys, so so you know, discount that for all you like. But um. You know, people like Sean Norris and Brandon Stone were 66 and 60 to 1. I thought, yeah, yeah. it's actually going to be some yeah, sort of interest. Yeah. Um, I, I was just surprised by that, you know. But anyway, back to back on track. It was Wilco Nineaver, um, that I referenced at the start of the show, that played in the amateur event, uh, the SA Lynx uh, Open, I think it was called now. Um, South African Stroke Play Championship. I've just completely made that up. Um, third there. And I don't normally put too much stock in amateur events i think it's quite dangerous you know we sort of hear people played a really good amateur event at tory pines and then you think they're going to win it three years on and um we hear that the rivieras and that's more on pj tour right we, we see these nuggets and they've played the ncaa championships or whatever but i think with the south african courses and with this level of golfer what he did in his amateur career is quite relevant like it's not that far removed brad from when he was a 17 year old playing in this i think he's 21 or 22 now um Looking at the leaderboard, that that's the same things kind of apply probably to what he was good at then. Um, there is some Sunshine Tour stats that I don't think are necessarily accurate. So he was fifth in approach last week, which I don't necessarily know if I believe that. But yeah, I saw that as well. Um, he won this Guatang North Open as well as an amateur, and that's not too far away. You mentioned earlier, um, mm-hmm. sort of places being close to that. That's actually a local place that people visit from. So to me, I just thought nine over Brad was a, a decent price. Yeah, hundred percent. And if it is bombs away this week, then um, it's an absolute no-brainer to take Wilco. And uh, yeah, he's he was at six, yeah, got him at sixty to one. How about you? Yeah. What'd you get? Him? Yeah, I've got, got sixty as well. That's yeah. a really, really good price. And obviously, as you said, that, that amateur event, I'd already decided before I even saw that uh, when you told me about. It, I was like, yeah. wow, mate, that's really added to it. Um, because you can see these shot rounds of 65, 64, 68, 66. I mean, that's very steady and just shows exactly what he's capable of doing around here. And his recent form's been like pretty good. Uh, uh, he's always finished top 30 in his last four starts, um, of the only four starts of the year. So, I mean, that's steady enough. And that includes a, a third as well on his first start. So, yeah, I mean, it's good enough. And who knows, this might just be the course that he needs to sort of kickstart the year and he's got all the potential in the world but he's always just known as the power guy which i think is yeah. quite unfair because you don't win the dimension data program for a starters with just power um so i think there is a lot more to him to his game and it's another great opportunity similar to richie like he's won a co-sanctioned challenge tour event with the Sunshine Tour, now it's it's the time to step up and win a co-sanctioned uh, DP World Tour and uh, Sunshine Tour. So yeah, I I think uh, he's a great bet this week. I, I really am probably my favourite actually out of the yeah. bunch. 
Yeah, I liked him. I really did. I think that there's, you know, like you say, there's levels to the tournaments they can win, right? And, you know, the Sunshine Tour events are, you know, we see a lot of these South Africans obviously winning on their home tour and, and some of them never make the step up and some of them do. And Nine Neighbors is obviously one that we do expect to. Um, as Jason sort of referenced earlier with, with George Coetzee, he's kind of, he has won those co-sanctioned uh, European Tour, Sunshine Tour events. He's take the majority of his wins have come in South Africa rather than Portugal, but you know, that they're still the stronger events. And this is what Nine Over needs to do to, to sort of build his career. You, you want to take advantage of these home events. So um, interesting to see how he gets on. Jason, you're on a player that I was on last time out uh, in this range as well, Ross Fisher. Yeah, yeah you, I think you've backed him actually quite a few times yeah. over the last year. Um, again, it's what is this course like? We'll probably be completely wrong, probably when we get to see it or if we get to see it, if you want to yeah. see it. That is definitely see it. Um, yeah, played fantastically when he was second to Ryan Fox, obviously. I don't know what Fox was on that week, um, but I suspect some of the runners at Cheltenham next week will want it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Fox was unbelievable, just ran away with that tournament. He played fantastically, Ross Fisher. You know, weekend of 66 66. That followed on from the week before. I mean, not everybody followed on their Raz form, as we know. Yeah. You know, that went a bit disastrous. You know, Nikolai Hogarth being you know, sort of the number one flop. Um, but the 18th at Raz before that, and then obviously the second of the week after Fox, you know, we can't complain about that. But then we look at what he's actually doing and we look at the figures, you know, off the tee, which we think is going to be relevant this week. You know, he was fifth at Joburg, which I think is relevant. Yeah. Um, ninth at Dubai, fifth, uh, fifth and second at Raz. Um, Tita Green at Raz last time found 11 shots, um, uh, nine shots the week before. So, you know, he's going to love it being open. Uh, approaches again, top 10, top 11, greens in reg, all over the place. He's playing really well. His Twitter feed, he, he just seems remarkably happy with where he is. He's never going to be number 32 in the world again, obviously. Mm. Um, it, it, again, he's another one, maybe a bit like Garcia, uh, although less resigned. Um, he, accepts, he accepts where he is in the world. Um, and at his best, and even at his current best, I certainly think he can compete with this lot. Go back over his his, history form, you know, obviously links all over the place. Links in Portugal, that's what Ross Fisher is. Uh, he's got Schwani form, which works here, Joburg form. I, I just thought, for me, he stood out. I thought if he'd have been put in at 40, I wouldn't have complained. Um, so it's 60 and 66 in his current form on a course that will suit. He can absolutely smash it. Um, he's still got a bit of quality. We know, I think, we're worried about the four-footer when it really matters. <laughs> but which one of these are we not? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Of course it's, not. It's, yeah. uh, you know, apart from Burmy, really, um, there's not many of these that we, you know, we won't worry about it. So, that suits me. I think I think he's he's the best bet on the uh, my golf open card. So it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think a lot of what you said there is really accurate. That he's good enough to win still at this current level of his, of his game. We, I think he showed that last time out. Um, I think that the strength of his game has always been um, off the tee, and I think he was probably I don't say he's ahead of his time. Of course, he wasn't ahead of his time, but he was a, a decently big hitter at a time where. You know, it wasn't common ground to be that good at, you know, as good as he was off that. So, um, yeah, I think he's got every chance. I, you know, I don't know why, really. I didn't go to him. I, I think I, I, I like his chances. I, I liked him last time out, and he's not dropped down uh, too much that he can't be back again. So that was an interesting one. Before we come on to your next pick, Jace, is was there any interest in going back to Zander Lombard at all? No. No? That's quick then. Uh, Matty Schmid. Um, yeah, well, that's, this is purely a price versus potential thing. I mean, that's that's purely all it is. I mean, obviously, he has got the top 10 at the links when he was going through that fantastic spell last year. 
and we all thought that you know here we go and we, we get it don't we we've seen it thousands and thousands of times you know we think they're brilliant off they go off the radar lose a bit of form go out from I mean, what was he? He was going off like twenties, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Twenties, twenty-five. He's now going off eighty and ninety to one. I mean, from for a kid of such talent, um, i have just taken the chance purely on price. Um, you know, he's had a couple of chances, hasn't he? We know that. Uh, don't know what happened last weekend. I mean, we were talking before this. You know, he had a chance of, of doing something special on the Sunday. He just completely went missing. Well, um, you know. Brad says that he came off smiling, which is mm. yeah, a bit better than Rory did off of Bay Hill. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, he was 23rd at Joburg. It was it was a curtailed thing. Um, it is purely, purely potential. It's purely what we saw, you know, at the start of when, when he when he just turned pro, when he went through that spell of, of you know, literally coming from behind and finishing in top tens. Mm-hmm. He's, he's excellent. He's got natural talent and uh, if he goes off at night, let he'll win before ninety goes. Let's put it like that. Yeah. Well, also, also um, you know, I take all of that on board, and that's all completely true. He was thirty fifth at the Dubai Desert Classic earlier yeah, sorry, this year, that. wasn't he? And yeah, seventeenth yeah, mm-hmm. approaches there, thirteenth around. So it's still there. Yeah, it's just not coming together at the moment. And it and it was a seventy eight final round there as well. So generally speaking, he he was right in the mix, sort of for a top 10 there as well so um you are you, you on these type of players you're betting on the upside and i think until you're proven wrong like i don't think there's been enough sample size to say matty schmidt's been overhyped but i think it's just we still don't quite know what his level is you know we were impressive at the open championship low amateur and there was all this buzz and excitement to bet him and he sort of reeled off those three uh top tens at two challenge sure and one at the dutch open uh, no, sorry, the, the two on the uh, on the European Tour, one on, on the Challenge Tour. But it's, you know, it, it's just hard to tell at the moment. But in this type of field, in this type of event that's literally called My Golf Life Open, um, I think he's probably all right. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, I don't know why I need to be happy with it. It's, it's not my thing. <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 I endorse your message. But, uh... folks, spring is right around the corner. And you know what that means? the masters is coming it also means that it's time for a tidy up in your pants and our friends at manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning trust me your confidence will be blooming like the azaleas at augusta and like that beautiful course in georgia you're going to want to feel and look your best in time to sit down and watch the biggest event of the golfing calendar it's time to clear out that winter bush and join four million men who trust manscaped Use code LFW20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Manscaped are the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game with their amazing Performance Package 4.0. Inside this ball care bundle, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is a pube assassin that is waterproof and equipped with an LED light, so you bet it's a major key to the new shower routine as you sit down to watch the major championship. Daniel Gavins was the one for me. Um, first in approach last week, first tee to green. I think he can grind if he's got to come out of those bunkers that you can find yourself in off the tee. Probably not as long as others off the tee. He's not going to gain those kind of strokes, so he would have to do it in a slightly different way. Uh, to the others that we've kind of mentioned, but I just, I just think I was sort of saying this earlier, um, Brad, that he, he's mm. kind of, I don't think his improvement's been caught 
by the betting odds, and maybe that's just me because no, I remember that I win at the hand. Agree with that. Yeah. Sixth at the Dunhill Links, eleventh at um, you know Valderrama. They're they're really sort of you know good results, and thirty fifth mm. at the Abu Dhabi earlier in the year. Again, a thirty fifth there. What does that equate to in this field? You know, there was a there was a strong contingent in that event. So. I think sixth last week is is absolutely fine. I think you look at where he's played his best golf. It kind of correlates this, you know, whiskey uh, Cape Town Open last year seventh. Like South Africa, doesn't he? Yeah, Dieta twelfth last year as well. We've mentioned that. So yeah, I thought just off the back of that really strong tees green performance, I thought Daniel Gavins was worth a go. Yeah, oh, I really like that. And it was only one round last week as well, really, wasn't it? That second round and uh, yeah classic post your first round leader and then uh, <laughs> shoot a shitty score afterwards but yeah, it, played very it. well it's, it's bound to happen isn't it mm. um, my last selection is 300 or 400 to 1 so Brad we'll, we'll come in with the last guy that you were talking about and just again to preface these picks is that Brad's full card you, you sign up to that Patreon you get access to that we don't want to yeah. if we give away too much on here it, it cheapens that um, you know what the subscriber get there but also we wanted you to make sure we stayed in the podcast and kept relationship up. That's right, mate. And um, I've gone for Tristan Stridham at 100 to 1 as uh, a bit of an outsider. And he might not be well known to some people out there, but this is a player I've been following for a long time. And I've probably bet a too, bit too much on him in the past, but I'm, uh, I do believe he will become a top player. Uh, he's one in the making and uh, he's come close quite a few times on the Sunshine Tour, especially when I'm on him. And I just don't think he's that far away. Mm. He's played in five events this year, two runners-up finishes, and hasn't finished outside the top 30. So he's demonstrating some really good form. Uh, last week, he ran 10th on driving distance. Whether these stats are what they are is, <laughs> I don't know. 10th uh, on driving distance, uh, 39th on driving accuracy. 13th on um, greens and regulation, third scrambling and second putting. So pretty bloody solid all round. And he finished second. Um, so really, you look at that and you think driving accuracy, 39th, biggest weakness. And then you come up with the theory that this is a, a bombs away course and you've got generous fairways. So you think if that's the problem, then maybe he'll do quite well here. But <laughs> we'll see. And again, similar to Richie, the club he represents, Pretoria Country Club isn't that far away from here 49 minute drive so again can kind of speculate he might have played here in the past it could be an edge it could be absolutely fucking nothing but either way it's a, a little bit of information i took into account when considering him and yeah i, I like him as a long shot he's playing really yeah. well i mean when, when i drive from here to red limits golf club in ash kent i uh, i claim local knowledge as well so yeah from kent you know you know you know the golf courses don't yeah. you so um all joking aside tristan stridham is so I, I remember looking i think it must have been the sa open championship towards the end of last year that he must have popped up because I, I can't remember what other events i'd have been looking into um to, to, to find his name but um you look on that location form on tour tips you see all of his obviously south africa is where he applies his trade full time but um you see all his form on there and he's not been around for long right you know 2021 two seconds uh seven more finishes between fourth and tenth second year before that in 11 starts um so you've already said two seconds in five starts this year 
a third back in 2018 amongst uh, and, and three top tens amongst uh, six starts. So, you know, despite the fact they weren't all in, you know, big levels and, and certainly in uh, 2018, that was obviously just a big easy tour. But, you mm. know, it's we don't know until he's had two events uh, that have been co-sanctioned by the DP World Tour and he missed the cut in both. But missed the cut, yeah. It's... But since then, he's had two... Like, he's had a, a fifth um, at the Limpopo Championship, which is co-sanctioned yeah. Challenge Tour, and a second last week, another co-sanctioned. So maybe he's just, you know, he's set, he's dealing with it better. And I, and I think that those Challenge Tour ones are, are relevant, right? That Limpopo, Brandon Stone won from Oliver Becker and Daniel Van Tonder. Well, they're, you know, three of the more recognisable names in this. Hurley Long was 11th in that event too. JC Ritchie was in 25th, you know. Um, mm. You go to, what was the other one that we said? Um, the, the, the Last the week. Of, yeah, last the week. Bank again, bank. again, you've had some decent players in that as well. So it's it's mm. it's tough. It's really hard to gauge, I think, where these players are um, and, and how they're going to react. But I quite like the unknown uh, at, at this mm-hmm. level because you yeah. just... I th- I you, think, you know, you know what you're getting with the 40 and 50 to one shots. You don't yeah. really get with these guys that can improve. There's a few guys on that. There's a. This is a great opportunity, first and foremost, for all, all the Sunshine Tour players. But I, I do think by the end of the week, there's the top ten. There's going to be a couple surprises in there, you know. And uh, that's just uh, that's just what I expect to see because they are just fighting for this chance. You know, this opportunity, and they've got the talent to do so. So yeah, well, I think there will be a couple surprises, and I'm hoping. Tristan will be one of them. <laughs> yep, no, understandable. Uh, I made the joke earlier on the on the Mayo show that uh, I wouldn't be able to pick up this per- pick out this person from a lineup of one, but that's Luke Jerling. Um, again, proceed with caution on these challenge door stats, but apparently he was first in tee screen and first off the tee last week, seventeenth in approach. Now, I think it said he gained something like six strokes off the tee, so I would probably say that they're not very accurate, but. They must be some sort of uh, relevance to it. But aside from the statistical point of view, he was second in an event last week, um, you know, locally. And when you look at his events, you know, he's, he's got a third in the Cape Town Open. He's got a fifth in the Tour Championship. He's got a ninth in that Limpopo Championship we spoke about. He's got, you know, three or four top fives at the, the Sunshine Tour level all since the start of 2019. So it looks like he's, he's good enough in this kind of quality to actually put a performance in. And I'm quite happy to take a guy that's just finished second recently anywhere. Like Sky put up uh, Marcus Kinholt last week. And we know that Marcus Kinholt's got, you know, higher upside and a lot of pedigree, but he was doing that on the Nordic golf league. Like form is form. Um, And I was quite surprised to see him. I thought he was just going to be such a short or not such short price, but maybe 110, 120 to one. But, you know, you, you just ignored him because it was it was a challenge short and, and a grade down. But uh, yeah, the three hundred to one and the four hundred to one you can get. I thought he was worth uh, plumping for. But um, Jason, a couple more outsiders for you in this event? Nah, I've gone off. Uh, no, gone off kind of sign because I think he needs a tighter track. Um, yeah, I, I thought um, you mentioned Thickard before. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to go back that far. He was going on thirty three and forty in these yeah. co-sanctioned events. It really, and I don't mean that far. I'm talking, you know, twelve, fifteen months. So at four hundred to one, which he was this morning, mm. that was a bit silly, and could you know you could take a chance. Um, and the other one, again, is probably going to be, I'd imagine it's going to be eight hundred plus on Betfair. So to, to double your money at quarterly odds, you only need to get to two hundred. <laughs> was Reece Enoch 
Hmm. I know he's completely and utterly out of form. Absolutely, 100%. But he's now got a massive course. Well, we think it is. Mm-hmm. Really big fairway for him to open up. He's a really, really big hitter. Twice winner in South Africa. Not that long ago. Length at die data. Um, I mean, his last win was July 2021. But really, really isn't. You know, you're only talking eight months or whatever it is. Um, yes, he looks in shocking form. But inspiration can come anywhere and it's you know as you say it's not the greatest of fields so if he went to that some if he went to something like that 700 800 to one i'd happily try and do my double my money at quarterly odds because he really hasn't got to do a lot to get to 200 um and you still got a really nice bet um not expecting him to win but that was that was i'm going to put that up as my trade of the week yeah, no, I like that idea. Um, just just while you were talking there, I just thought about sort of Stephen Brown and on you know being wide open, being you know the fact that it was sort of out of form. But you talk about Portugal Masters; he's obviously won that event. Um, yeah, there wouldn't be. A, I don't think. I don't think I'd be massively surprised if, if Stephen Brown came up and was in contention through fifty-four holes. I, I just think it's one of those events that basically anyone can do it um and you know that's what makes it so hard like i I just have no i didn't have much feel for kenya last week um it looked okay for a couple of rounds and and deserted me but uh, i certainly don't have a feel for this one we don't even have that old challenge door course one. we've literally got basically nothing from uh, from this century so um the other mention just just quickly is louis alberts or alberts eh, or, or whatever his name was um <laughs> He he he's he's fifth in this event as an amateur, um, and he's been playing steadily. Like he's had some decent finishes. He might be okay for a top twenty, um, but otherwise, you know, I'm just gonna move on to the main event unless anyone's got anything else to say. No, that's all good, mate. Let's come to the players' championship. I cannot believe we spent as much time as we did talking about that event. Um, <laughs> wasn't players... planning that. No, I certainly wasn't planning that. Um, players' championship. I don't think people need much introduction to this. Um, you know, it is, of course, golf's fifth major. All joking aside, from the fifth major thing, it is probably the hardest, I think, the hardest event to actually bet on because even, you know, you, you say the majors are hard to get right, but, you know, the PGA, you've got a load of PGA professionals you can just wipe out. The Masters, you've got a load of six-year-olds you can just wipe out and you can probably wipe out 20 players of if one kind of, you know, 12 months ago that have, in hideous form so I think when you get to the players championship most of the people are playing well at the top um, it's really really tough so Colin Morikawa JT and John Rahm are 14 to 1 Victor Hovland Roy McIlroy 20 to 1 Patrick Catnay 22 to 1 and Scotty Scheffler 25 to 1 Jason I'll come to you first was there any temptation at the top of the board just tell what Scheffler's flying isn't he mm-hmm. you can't see it you just can't see it but um, he's flying. I mean, I think history dictates that you have to have had a, a decent performance the week before this, wherever yeah. it is. Um, I think it was top 22, is it, I think, lately. But it's, then, it's, you know, it's the most recent happened. start, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the most recent start, yeah. yeah. Uh, which actually reduces the field quite a bit. It does. Um, but equally, somebody will have finished 35th, and then next year it'll be you've been in the top 35, and yeah. somebody will then finish 41st. Go, oh, did you know every player's finished in the top 41? <laughs> So, you know, but I suppose until it changes, we have to go along with it. Chef is absolutely flying. I mean, he's 10th in par 4 performance over three months. Um, third, I think, in par 5. or the other way around. I can't believe what my right in there. Um, I, I wouldn't back him now. I mean, I, I've gone. I mean, he's, he's everybody knows who he is, and I've got no interest really now. Um, he should have been winning when we were on the 60s and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but like, he, he was outstanding. He, 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 
he took it all in his stride, like Brad said earlier. Um, it's not a temptation to bet him, but it's very interesting to see how he kicks on from here. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, the rest, the rest are who they are. The only one I want back is John Rom, um, and we've said that for weeks and weeks now. So um, mm. that's it. And anyone that can then win, anyone, I'll watch them. That's absolutely fine. Absolutely brilliant golfers, but I'm not going to back him. See, I, I, I could actually just see this being the week that John Rahm just sticks it to everybody and, and gets the job done, but I just I have no need to go there. And um, I've been thinking about Colin Morikawa winning the players for weeks. Um, I was I was a little bit disappointed. That finally he, opens he, up favourite. Yeah, he did. He did yeah. finally shorten to favourite, and that that was a little bit off-putting, but not enough for me. Like I, I'm still very very happy uh, to put him up. I just think. There was a 66 in the final round uh, last year, which was enough evidence to me that he could play the track, which is all you really need from a player of his quality. Um, you know, it's hard, isn't it? Because it, I can't. You wouldn't want to rule any of these out. We're sort of just taking a line there that John Rahm uh, wouldn't take a 14 to one. It's he just needs to find his putter, doesn't he? But then, so if Colin finds a putter that week. He wins if Justin Thomas finds a pass this week. It's any one of those. They say thing. it's gonna. Sorry, they say it's gonna get really, really windy, don't they? Though. Yeah. Uh, yeah and I'm not fun. sure. I'm not sure you want to be on my car when he does that, but that's just my view. Well, it's just one of those ones where I'm hoping he's kind of built up a score, and and as much as I don't know if I'm relishing his chances of going, um, you know, in the wind, I've got no reason to think he can't. Like and, until I have and I've seen him play hideously in the wind or, or see it get tough, um, I think I'll just go with it. So um, I've, I've stuck with Colin Morikawa. Brad, was there any sort of temptation for you at the top? Uh, there wasn't, mate. No, to be honest. So I like you. I had a slight interest in Morikawa, but I think I'd have, for me it had to be 18s. And then I did I did factor in the weather quite a lot with my selections this week. So yeah, yeah. I did didn't get there. My my next selection uh, was was a late ad. I'm not going to lie to to anyone. It was. It wasn't planned, uh, but when Dustin Johnson came out of thirty-five to one and later forty to one, um, I just put him in. Like I, I just think that there's a slight overreaction to the fact that he's, you know, not playing his best golf. Uh, but his last four finishes here: twelfth, seventeenth, fifth, and forty-eighth. Uh, he's got three wins on Pete Dye courses at the Travellers, uh, the Match Play, Austin Country Club, and Crooked Stick in the playoffs. Uh, he was a round one leader here in 2018. He opened for 66. He was third after 54 holes. Um, I think he's one of the biggest beneficiaries of the of the change from May to March, and uh, yeah, I just him and Brooks Kepka, who I might as well just roll into as well. Um, I just think both of them are. I think it's getting to the point where they're just being. It's, it's easy to bash these top players, like if they're sort of inconsistent. It's like, oh well, you know, they're they're nowhere near as good. They're not top ten players in the world. Blah blah blah. And, you know, to me, like Brooks Kepka doesn't turn up to regular events he just doesn't do it he does it at phoenix mm. and he does it at a couple of others but that's it right whereas he's missed his first cut on debut here but then he's gone 35th 16th 11th and 56th um when he was 35th on his second start he started with 66 to uh sit seventh and then he was 16th 11th for last uh the second two and, and he tied a course record 63 on the sunday uh when he was 11th as well shooting a 63 so to me, 7th at Phoenix in strokes gain off the tee, 17th at the Honda in the same department, top 26 both weeks in a strokes gain approach. Ball striking is absolutely fine. So for me, just big value plays there. Brad on Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. Yeah, can't argue with anyone, either of those, mate. And, you know, with that big purse, 
available this year. Um, it's most likely going to get them even more up for it, you know. So, yeah, I like both of them picks, mate. Yeah. Uh, Jason, was there any others in the kind of like 40 to 1 range you wanted to talk about? Or it just uh, sort of... I'm trying to think. Then. Sam Burns was, was a bit of a, a temptation. I mean, Hatton's got terrible form around here. But it'd be interesting to see if it does absolutely get up um, and see what he does from halfway. He could be a massive price if, if the weather was to get horrendous over the weekend. Sam Burns, I thought, was interesting. He looks like he's bounced back to form last week after a yeah. bit of a rough spell. Mm. Um, I think he was eight uh, par four performance, eight par five, which is significant here. Obviously, Valspar um, efforts works very, very well here. One there, 12th there, uh, eight for Honda. Big hitter. He's 19th strokes gain total in the year, 18th green for the year. Um, his par four performances, when he's right, are absolutely top grade. Um, if if he's back to form, I, I could certainly see 41 being being a bit big. He, he, he's on the verge of being a bet. Um, he's he's the only one out of that lot at that price that, that I'm you know that I'm interested in really. Yeah, I I was hoping that Daniel Berg was going to be a bigger price. I thought maybe people were going to be so sort of pissed off of him after the Honda that mm-hmm. um, you know that, that he would have been a bet. But uh, equally, he's been put up in a price where they're recognising how good he has been sort of tee to green but uh, mm. next up for me and, and I know you're on the same lines Brad is, uh, is Shane Lowry um, yes mate he's just he's just in great nick and not only that when you actually look back it's, I've always been a little bit of a, a basher of Shane Lowry in a sense that he always goes off a bit short for me uh, in the market but 50 to 1 or 45 to 1 years now I still think that's, that's ridiculous like the course place with strength Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got positive starts here. I know he's he's sort of fifty percent for made cuts, but he's made it two of his last three. He was eighth last year, it was his best effort. Uh opened of a sixty eight to sit third. Then he broke seventy in both rounds over the weekend. So just a poor round on uh, Friday kind of held him back. And you go back to that sixteenth from twenty sixteen, he opened sixty five, sixty eight to sit second at the halfway. Shot seventy eight on uh, Saturday, probably when he realised that he had a chance of, of winning the players' championship, which you know, shouldn't really affect Shane Lowry, but that was kind of before his Open Championship win. Uh, maybe just around the same time as his, his WGC win. I can't remember exactly what year that was now. Um, but, you know, if the, if the course conditions get tough over the weekend, I know that oh. the lazy narrative is that, that Shane Lowry's going to be good in the wind and, and rain. But... It is a bit lazy, it is. But honestly, you just you got to do it because, I mean, there's not, there's not many people that it suits better than Shane Lowry. It'll probably be music to his ears when he finds out the, the weather forecast for this week, you know. So he just thrives in them conditions and it'll bring short game into the equation a lot more. And we'll just suit him. He's got brilliant hands, brilliant soft hands, and he's got a great touch around the green. So it's just he was so unlucky not to win at Honda, probably, but I'm glad he didn't because yeah. that probably wouldn't have took him this week as we know how it goes, which is silly. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I'm very much, um, very much feel like he's going to have a good week, and uh, it's sounding really good in his interviews. He's ready to win again, and uh, his game, very happy with where his game is. So uh, it shapes up very well for this one. Yeah, and and it was actually it was this was the year in that 2016 where he contended. It was a year after he won um, at Firestone, wasn't it? We won the Bridgestone Invitational. So um, yeah, he had kind of won that big event. I kind of talked about it like his his general career like the fact that he won his home open as an amateur mm. then he wins a wgc then he wins a major then he wins the abu dhabi like he doesn't seem to do anything by 
I suppose the the Portugal mm. Masters is a little bit of a uh, an almost run or an extra run for him. But um, you know, just going to look at his Pete Dye form, he was third at the RBC Heritage in 2019. Yeah, um, you know, Florida form as we just mentioned, great at Honda and second his most recent start. Mm. I I don't necessarily subscribe to the fact that he, he should have won it because um, he could have made a birdie sort of down the back nine, couldn't he? But he felt. I feel like he felt like he was unlucky. But, yeah. yeah, and that's good for him, though, isn't it? He should have won it. Of course, no, no, should have. It's, um, it's good for his mentality if he believes that. If he thinks that he should have won that, if it wasn't for the fact he chucked it down, exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. it doesn't matter, does it? So, um, 12, 24, 14th, and second in his starts in 2022. So, um, he's right there. Yeah, second, it's, second it's on approach good. at Honda and ninth in bogey avoidance, which is huge. So there's just there's a lot to like. It really is. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, my next pick. Where am I in the, in the betting? For my I've missed out pick? someone up the front because I'm a dope. Oh, go on then. Go ahead. <laughs> well, my main selection, who I always put up on this podcast, uh, Cameron Smith, uh, yep. thirty-three to one. And again, if it's the forecast is what we expect it to be. There isn't many better than him. Um, it'll play into his hands if the wind is blowing. It'll bring short game into it. Short game's dynamite. He can shape his shots. Low ball flight, if necessary. And yeah, he will, he will love the conditions. But not only that, he's he's done all right here. And he's he's played here four times. He missed a cut on his first two tries. Uh, then he placed 56th in 2019. But last year he was 17th which included a round of 65 in round three. So I mean that shows what he's capable doing around here but you know with Cammy you just know you've got a fire you got he's not going to give many cheap shots away ranked ninth in bogey avoidance and it's going to be tough out there this week so I think that's really important um to try and keep the bogeys off the card uh last time we saw him was at Riviera which seems like forever ago um he wasn't really at his best he finished 33rd but he was still 22nd on approach which is around his average for the year so that's quite encouraging that that wasn't the problem um but scoring on par fives will be huge this week and he's ranked second in par four, five scoring uh played well in the past at harbour town and sedgefield which is also nice and putts well on bermuda so yeah i really like cameron smith at 33 to 1 yeah and the only thing with cameron smith i just grouped him in that same group of xander hideki berger fitzpatrick they're all just shorter or same price of Brooks and Dustin and just went <laughs> the upside and, and it just it, it, it was pretty it made it pretty lazy for me I mean I put all this kind of effort into the into the course correlations and all this sort of stuff which everyone knows about at this point um, for others that, that maybe don't RBC Heritage uh, the Harbour Town Golf Links uh, TPC River Highlands for the Travellers Championship and Sedgefield Country Club that you just mentioned there for the Wyndham mm-hmm. um, all got a great lot of, um, of crossover I'll just point you to the, my Odds Checker article for that because um, otherwise, I'll be here all night talking about it. But um, yeah, I, it's it's a tough one. I I never know what's. To, I'd almost rather just. I'd say I'd wait for him, you know to back him in the major. But he's not. He's not much bigger price for those majors, is he? So um, it's tough. I, I don't know. I mean, that added. Gone very much in the camp of out with the old, in with the new. Kind of yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, that, and that's probably true. Like, there's there's a reason. Someone said to me, "There's a reason Dustin Johnson and Brooks are those prices," and and I was like, "Yeah, there is, but there's also." There's not. There's like still Dustin, great value in taking them. Yeah, this week. yeah like, there really is. People forget. I think Brooks is it's been overblown how much he's struggling with his game. But I don't think he is now. I don't think he's. I think he's back to fitness and all that sort of stuff. And Dustin Johnson literally went back to back eighties in the withdrawal before ripping off like wins 
three top threes and a Masters victory. So, um, yeah, I don't really subscribe. When was the last time we saw Dustin at that price? That's just that's it. Just I was just baffled by it. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't quite get past it. That was all. Um, I said last week that when I took Kokrak over Billy Horshaw, I was going to feel like a bit of a numpty, and he did sort of make it look like that was going to be the case. Uh, didn't get it done, so he was someone that I kind of looked to, uh, but didn't actually get there in the end. Um, Jason, my next selection is, is around the 80s one mark. You, you mentioned Gary Woodland earlier. Is that someone you uh, Just quickly, I mean, you, you said um, Billy Horshaw. I mean, I can't back Billy Horshaw, but it's a massive chance. I thought it would be shorter. Yeah after what he did over the weekend. Um, I will mention, um, um, I can't back him because it's Corey Connors. But, I mean... He improved he it looks, last week. Oh, he looks to have... Mm. Honestly, if you ignore the fact that, he, you know, he's paid, uh, mm. which you probably, you can do this week. I mean, paid is not to. important this week at all. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, Connors, you know, he's, he's, you know, he led the team green last week. He was 10th in par fours. Obviously, got the 7th here in his second start. He's won Texas. Got top 10s in Augusta twice. Um, both conditions. Uh, Sony form fourth at the RBC Heritage, you know, um, he's he's uh, you know off the tee. I think he's fifth this year, 16th tee to green, 23rd overall. I can't back him because it's Corey Connors, which is really bad because you shouldn't have an opinion like that. But you know, if he's that sort of price on Betfair, he plays for me last year here, 125 oh, yeah. to one. Do you know it what? Massive it, price. It, I think there's value. But there was, but not not now at the price. I don't think. Uh, what is he now? I don't know what he is. I think he's like seventy. He's, he's sixty now. Um, he opened up at hundreds, which at that stage I was like, that that's really big. And yeah. just because he just because he had that one in the, in the category on tee green, you, you know what Corey Connors is good at, Jason, as you just said. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. That's what he does. Yeah. Like as, as long as he's doing that, nothing else matters. Like as long as. Because that's all you're betting on with Corey Connors. You mentioned that he was he was up there last year. Um, it was purely just that that kind of crash in his price from 100 to 60 that, that took me off of it. Yeah, I, I don't think. I mean, I don't think 60 is underpriced. I mean, 40 yeah. is. 40 definitely is. I don't yeah. think 60 is underpriced. But you know, yeah, I, I had him on the list, but you you have you shouldn't have these these opinions about him. The, the figures say that he'll go well, and so he's worth mentioning. But yeah, Gary Woodland. Um, Right, yeah, I mean, I think it was was it halfway through Saturday, I think somebody was talking about the players' odds, um, and I was quite happy watching Woodland and thinking he'd be about 45-1 to 1 for this week, first 11 places, um, and he's actually 60. Um, I, I've been very impressed with his bounce back. He's, he's one of those players where you think, OK, he's coming back, and the week after he'll go off and he'll get yeah. up three missed cuts or whatever, but he's not. He's, he's had, now had two top fives. Could he have won yesterday? Absolutely. You know, it was, a, it was an unbelievable um, eagle um, on the final par five. And and it was just an error. I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was horrendous. He didn't boot it in the water. He was just short with his tee shot on the par three. Horrendous um, attempt at a sand save. It was just really was shocking. I get it, though, because the greens were fast. He was, you know, he probably didn't want to overshoot. He That's didn't a, want to hit. A little you know. bit of contention rust, maybe, as well. Yeah. Potentially. I mean, mm. I, I just thought it was really, really encouraging. If we look back on his form here, he was 11th in 2014. But his round, his round positions were 4, 4, 5, 11. Yeah. Um, 2016, OK, the form says 28th. He was actually 13th, 6th at halfway, 15th going into payday, finished 28th. Um, missed cut in 2021, but he was actually 11th after round one. Um, in terms of his form here, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it looks worse than it actually is. And at Bay Hill, um, he's had a previous best of 20. I think it's 20 and 25 or something like that. This year, he's bounced back and obviously could have won there. 
he's got his best fifth. So I, I'm I'm very encouraged that he goes back to a course that he's had plenty of experience on and can still perform better than he ever has done. He's got the size 16 the Amex, which has got peak dye connection. Um, six in Texas, so he's got the wind. Um, I really like his fifth. At, um, his best of 2021 was a fifth at Quail Hollow. Um, and if we look at winners there, Rory's obviously won there three times. Day's won this and, and Quail Hollow. Uh, Harmon's won both. And Webb Simpson's second at Quail Hollow and has won this as well. Um, he's right back to form. I didn't like his comment, get me out of here at the end of yesterday, but yeah, I'm not going to be rude to him because I could get sued. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to look at the figures, and I, I think there's there's better false form around there. He's in cracking form. He's come off his best ever Bay Hill attempt, um, and he's striking the ball. It, it looked to be striking the ball beautifully. Wind won't matter, as we saw yesterday. I thought 60 at 1 in 11 places was cracking bet. See, I, I, I think he's, he's like you said there, like it's a career finish at Bay Hill, which is important. Uh, because it means that he, he's eclipsing what he's done there in the past based on the form that he's in now, which probably wasn't US Open winning Gary Woodland. But um, get, getting slowly back to that, isn't he, when you, when you look at his kind of records, uh, you know, yeah. of the six months or eight months ago. Um, but, but not only that, the perfect thing you just said, Jason, he's a perfect candidate for uh, the hidden course form. You know, we look on tour tips, and it's, it's the easiest thing to do is to hover over that that kind of finish uh, of 11th and go 4th, 4th, 5th. When, when you mentioned Woodland at the start of the show, I was like, I don't really get it. Like, I, I get that he's had two back-to-back 5ths, but I don't know why. And then you, you say, I don't even remember him being 5th through 54 holes, and it's so easy to forget. Like, it, because, you know, you do just look at the form and you do just look, like, you glance at OWGR and he's, none of his finishes at the players flash up, you think, oh, okay, He's not really done anything there. Like you know, it, it can just get lost. So um, yeah, I think that's a, a decent shout. I, I'd like him to be a bit bigger. I've got to be honest. Um, but I don't know what you do when when you back to back fifth place finishes in two really tough events in Florida. I mean, you, you're going, mm. you know, you're staying in the same state. There's not really much you can say, is there? So um, you're either right or wrong, aren't you? So you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mate, this 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 event and this course, you know, all joking aside, is so difficult to get right like, there's so much volatility and the, and the one thing i would say is that course experience probably matters more than course form yeah, like just just seeing it like if you've seen it and played yeah. it and i wouldn't 100%. be put off by people put up yeah, yeah like brad like why would you just be put off by like someone said to me earlier i put up dj and i get why people got their things about dj and kept that's fine right but mm. this guy said he's only got one top 10 here and i was like i was like okay it's, i said what do i said what does siwoo kim Webb Simpson, uh, I can't remember the other. I used four examples of players, yeah. all having comments. They have before they would. And he said, he said, oh, I'm guessing you're going to say that none of them had top 10 before they here. I said, there you go, exactly. I said, none of them had top 10s. They'd all played here. So I said, but all. none of them had top 10 finishes. And that wasn't me trying to be smart or anything like that. It's just yeah, it's trying to highlight the point that <laughs> one top 10 here isn't actually a bad thing. You know, one yeah. of them was a 12th, one was a 17th when he was third after 54 holes. Like, just... Look into it a little bit deeper. Yeah, that's right. um, so, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Um, it's just a quick thing that, that Ben always said that resonates with me is just look at we can all pick out negatives of all the players, yeah. every single yeah. player. But if we look at the if we accentuate the positives, yeah, mm. and it's those that have those positives that we can then look at the prices and and there's an awful lot of players that you can do that that we'd rather just sit there and go, eh, you know what I mean, a load mm. of rubbish. But but you know, like you saying, you did point it out. Uh, first, you know, about looking, looking beyond what you're looking, what just the figures that are on the yeah. uh, that are on the page. 
you know, a really bad third round can screw your tee to green figures yeah. up. But mm. you might have played 54, 60 holes in, you know, top 10 status. So, mm. anyway. And it's, and it's really hard as well. I mean, the shout out to Drew Matthews. He does a, he has his own kind of metric that takes away, like, if there's a, if there's a single shot that gained over a stroke or lost a stroke, like, he kind of takes it out of his data because you can lose a stroke to the field just by putting one in the water. And, you know, if you play on this Florida swing, that's gone at Honda, that's gone at Bay Hill. Like, that can very quickly skew things. Um, but getting back on track to, uh, to the event itself, this is the, the price. My price is, is one thing on Betfair, and I'll go into that in a minute. But the 80 to 1 about Sergio Garcia, I put out the stat last week. I mean, it was like 20 out of 22 cuts he's made here, uh, 18 in a row. Uh, I put him up last year at 90 to one. He was he was first after the first day, third after the second day, ninth after 54, and you know, or ninth uh, after the, the, the close of play. He's not playing as well as you'd like to. Um, Matt Vincenzi, one of your colleagues at Golf WX, Jason, he, he messaged me earlier saying that he's changed his irons to muscle back irons, and since then he's not been as good. Um, so maybe that's a big factor. Um, it's just, I'll just look at a guy, and he's going to miss the cut this week because I've highlighted that stat now. But the Players' Championship is notoriously difficult. Like, that's almost a Tiger stat, how good yeah. he is at this golf course. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, it's so volatile. That's just absolutely Exactly that. Like, he's got a first, two seconds, a third. Like, he's just consistently very, very good here. Um, so I just wanted a guy um, with his level. I've got 150 to 1. I've got him matched up on the exchange yesterday. I put it in there thinking oh, I'll just I'll just give it a chance. I've got him at 150. I've got uh, my next pick at 200 and something odd. I've got uh, Brooks Kepka at 50s and DJ at 42. And I thought, well, I'm quite happy with that. Yeah. Like I I got Horschel 75 to one uh, last week. Obviously he's gone down to to 50s and not quite as uh, as intriguing now. But I just thought that was it was quite because the market was already out and sort of settling a bit earlier. You could have you could have a few chances. So the 150 to one Betfair price is completely different to the, the 80 to one uh, odds. But I think eight places on a player that he's almost being treated like he can't win anymore, and I don't think that's true. Um, you know, if he's 80 to one for a major, oh, I guess this is a major. Um, would you look at him? Probably uh, an Open or or Masters now. So um, I thought he was big enough uh, for those reasons. The Last pick for me, and the biggest I would have go is Brian Harmon, uh, and I expect him to be popular. Like he's been very, very good here. Uh, third and two eighth place finishes. Uh, he's got that great sort of run of form at the Travellers as well. He's got four top eight finishes. He just seems to play where people don't think he's going to do well. He's got a second in the US Open. He's won the Wells Fargo. He's got three top eight finishes here. He's played well at WGC Mexico. Like, how many more examples of playing well in big events do we need? And you mentioned this earlier, Jason, about the we get we can kind of constrain ourselves with those with those trends of um, the most recent result being tie twenty second or better. And when I looked into what um, Brian Harmon had done here when he when he contended, he was at the start of the twenty twenty one he'd finished fifty sixth, eighth, thirty sixth, thirty ninth, forty third the week uh, the start before the players, and then finished third. You know, if he if he'd have won that tournament. Um, you know, that, that completely changes the landscape of things. I know he didn't, and it's all lives and buts, but he wasn't in the best of form. You go back to, to 2019, he'd missed five of his first seven cuts on the year, 51st at Genesis, 39th at Phoenix, and he finished eighth that year in the biggest tournament that he had played in. Um, 
He's got a third place finish at the American Express, 14th at the Phoenix Open already this season. Getting back to doing what Brian Harmon does, I thought the price, Brad, was pretty decent. Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, he only just missed the number, like missed the cut, sorry, on the number last yes. week, which is quite encouraging. Um, I, I, he was heavily fancied, wasn't he? I, I thought I saw him quite a lot on the on the timeline last yeah. week. I think, yeah, I think I Ben put him up at Honda, didn't he? Um, mm. and and that is usually it, a good hunting ground for him as well. Um, but... I honestly, I think that's a brilliant price about him, and yeah, why not? I think he's got got a chance, as you said yeah. earlier. You got a chance, people at the triple digits. It's, it's he's the kind of person that relishes this kind of test. So yeah, it makes yeah. Sense. I, I just wanted a guy that has, has played it. He's played, um, you know, Pete Dye as well. He's he's shown the form here. He's got plenty of history on top of that kind of um, actual good course form and. There's not many people that can say they've got three top tens here, especially in the triple digit range. Um, so, you know, we just spoke about the fact that Dustin Johnson's only got one. So, um, there we go. Brian Harmon, at, well, he's going he's going down to 100 to 1 now. Um, so, I'll go him at 210 to 1 on Betfair. I got him at yesterday. Um, Brad, your final selection you're going to talk about on here is yes. one that I just missed out on. Uh, but the, the weather forecast, to be believed, you would expect this to play into his hands. There's enough. There's a trend to my selections this week. Um, <laughs> if it gets all sunny and clear, then I'm screwed. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Alex Noren at 125 to one. Uh, it's just another one that's had a really strong start to the year. Mr. Cut just once in five starts and just finishing this tied the top six in two of his last three events. So yeah, some great form. Uh, similar to the last two picks, he possesses the ability to play well in tough conditions. Has brilliant, superb touch on the greens and around them which is going to be very important this week i think and what really caught my eye was his improvement with his irons um at the honda he ranked first on approach and he was also ranked sixth at the phoenix open and this is really encouraging because he hasn't produced these type of approach numbers for for a long while um and he has played this event four times in the past he's finished 10th and 17th on his first two starts but missed the cut on his two most recent but yeah i think if he can continue to hit the irons the way he has done and uh, couple it with his excellent short game you know with the with the conditions as well i think he could potentially spring a surprise this week and i think at 125 to 1 that's a big price so i put him i've started this thing fan team golf i've started playing that and um, oh, I need to give that a go. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that. And um, he, you, you get this underdog um, part in the team, and he was my cheapest player in my team, and that means that he's the underdog, and he gets 1.25 times the, the amount of points. So um, that's a really cool concept. And the only mm. thing that put me off with Alex Noren, just to, I don't do this very often, but to counter kind of your positives. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, let's go into the positives. The 10th and the 17th, again, probably a bit of hidden form. Round by round, third, fifth, seventh, tenth on his first start, and then his second start, he was one of six co-leaders uh, on the first day. Then he was fifth after 36 holes, had a terrible 77 on the Saturday, um, but then bounced back with 66 Sunday. And I don't mind that if someone has a really big blow-up round on a Saturday, but bounces back and goes 11 better in the next round, like that is huge. That's a, that's a huge mental test. Mm-hmm. My only concern was that the two missed cuts have come since they moved it from May to March, and we talk about him being good in the bad weather, but he's almost flipped his game. Like he's almost gone from being a really tough grinder that you'd expect to win Bay Hill Honda, yeah. um, you know, this type of event, 
to like contending in these 20 under events. And I just wonder if he's had to kind of tailor his game to the PGA Tour more where he's mm-hmm. spent the last couple of years and, and whether that's I don't I don't think that means he but then can't you see play his these performance tests. last uh, not last week but the week before at the Honda yeah oh here we go again he's back you know? exactly it sucks you in doesn't it so yeah. it, it it's really tough to know it's a, it's a bit like um like Jason uh, Gary Wooden earlier that we know the very peak of their powers is I suppose you can't say Noren's a major winning contender but he, he's played well in majors before he's played well at Open Championships which are obviously relevant to this so. It's tough. I think he's a really, really good uh, deep. Well, he's probably one of the best DP World Tour players, and now he's kind of dedicated himself to the PJ Tour. He's become more consistent here. Um, I don't know. That's a long way of me saying I'm not sure. Um, but it, it, he was just one that I had Brian Harmon. I didn't want to start getting too yeah, caught you up need, in the, you don't the need triple too digits. Many in that range, do you? No. I mean, I looked at Luke List. I thought now he's going out to a price of 150 to one again. Still, still the best in T to green. Um, yeah. Did you did you fancy him, Jace? I, 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 he was very very tempting. Yeah, he's yeah. peak dive form, obviously as well. Um, yeah. I always seem to put him up for peak dive tournament. So yeah, I thought he was a big price, but I, I, I thought more of a specialist play to be honest with you. But yeah, it's tough, I'm, isn't it? Because he has genuinely fallen off a cliff since winning, which is a concern. But a lot of it's been putting, so maybe it's just a, exactly. a move yeah. over to. Oh, it, to, is. it to, has been putting. It has been putting. Yeah, everything is putting this year. Which you've always known with Luke List. It's just he, he it didn't bother him for those weeks that he was contending, was it? So um, the only other thing was that, again, he only had one made cut here out of four starts, and maybe that's kind of a sign. But again, that 56th place finish, Jason, in 2019, 13th after round one, 10th after round two, realises he's in contention for the Players' Championship, shoots 75 or 74 over the weekend. And that's before he's got this win uh, at Torrey Pines. So it's... It's so tough. Like I think, I think the hardest thing with the players is is whistling down your list. Like I had a six-man card for the first time in ever. I think on the Checker at least. Um, I don't generally seem to get that uh, involved. Um, it's it's really hard to be different this week. I think I, I kind of applaud you guys for having some selections that I don't think have been there. Um, that, that I've certainly seen in other ones. Jace, was there any others that you liked in the in the triple digits? No, I'm going to look at the market. How many balls in the 17th? I like that. <laughs> you, you like the misery, don't you? So when you're when you're when your players are like 38 going into the final round, you can just cheer everybody down the water on 17. <laughs> you, you're wishing it. The wind blows. That's it. <laughs> just sitting there going ooh after every every ball being That's it. hit. That's it. That's um, it. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I want to go too far down. I, I think again that I'm quite interested in in the first round leader market. I think there's some values to be had in that. Um, certainly be looking at kind of tea times that are already out, by the way, which was a really nice thing to see. Um, but yeah, I don't, th- I don't think there's going to be particularly a massive draw bias in terms of the weather, unless you guys are seeing anything for Thursday. But no, I think so. um, at the moment, from my early research, I'm anywhere near finished it. But AM tea times look quite important here, um, so might might be something to target. But um, yeah, I think that pretty much sums up everything I want to say for the two events this week, gents. Yep, it's all good with me, mate. Jason, anything to add before we uh, wrap no, things no, up no, with our all sections? Good. All good. Yeah. Um, so let's go into the My Golf Life uh, selections. So I have got JC Ritchie at 40 or 45 to 1, Daniel Gavins and Wilco Nineaber at the 60 to 1 range, and Luke Jerling, who I, I don't know if that's even the way you say his name, 
three hundred to one. Uh, Brad, your selections and those for me, please. I'm going to join you with uh, Richie at forty to one and uh, Wilco Ninaba at sixty to one. Yep. And I've got a long shot Tristan Stridham at a hundred to one. Yeah, and Jace, your picks in the My Golf Life Open, please. Uh, Big George, uh, Matty Pavon, uh, Ross Fisher, I think is the best bet over there. Uh, Matty Schmidt at the price, and Messer Bat if we see not goes to something silly like 800. Yep, that's, I think that's a good place. The market hasn't really settled on bet mm. yet. Um, that's how I've got Daniel Gavin's on there at 150 to 1, but that's certainly gone now. Um, Players' Championship, then I had Colin Morikawa, he was 16 to 1, I did my article, he's now 14 to 1. Uh, Dustin Johnson again 40 down to 35 still happy with it Brooks Kepka at 40 to 1 um, Shane Lowry 50 to 1 really happy with him Sergio Garcia 80 to 1 and Brian Harmon 120 100 to 1 um, Brad your selections in the Players Championship I've gone for Cameron Smith 33 to 1 uh, Shane Lowry 45 to 1 and Alex Noren at 125 to 1 and Jason, your final picks for us on the Players' Championship. Uh, Sam Burns, uh, Gritted Teeth, Corey Connors, still Gritted Teeth, uh, and Gary Woodland. Yeah, I think I think one of the, Corey Connors is definitely on a shortlist for the first round leader market as well. Um, I think that might be something to, to target him in because that, that tee to green thing just being back and the way he finished off here last time um, mm. just shows that he can go low for that one round. So certainly like somewhere that I'll be looking for that. Um, gents. Thank you very much as ever. Um, tough week. You know, the Players' Championship's really good viewing. Um, there's going to be cameras and mics and everything on every shot, so we're going to see lots of golf. Um, but just a really hard event to, to get right, I think. I could be saying something completely different at the end of the week if, if one of us puts the winner up. Um, but uh, the, and the My Golf Life Open, I, I've kind of, apart from keep saying the name back to myself, so I remember what actually the tournament's actually on. Um, don't know if I have much confidence in that event. But... Um, as ever, gentlemen, thank you very much. Another Lost Words podcast in the books. And uh, we'll be back again next week. Bye.